Kentucky, which is me. I'm so excited to share time with you. I'm so excited that you are here to join me and that you are listening. And thank you, thank you, thank you a million times. You listening, me sharing together, there's value, there's growth, there's purpose, there's accountability. And I am so grateful that I have the opportunity and I have the strength and I have the courage to share from my heart with no plan, with no agenda, with no you know, set speech of what to say. And I can just be. I think definitely right now there are so many people, especially in my world, that are speakers or transformational workers or coaches and they've almost lost they've almost lost that really delicate beauty and that and that power that like gift of empowerment and that gift of vulnerability and transparency because they're always trying to speak from a place of expertise or uh evolvement or you know just great wisdom or something and i fully believe in my expertise. I believe in all the education and the, uh, you know, the trainings, the certifications, the programs, everything I've done, I know that I have put in over 100% into it. And I've gotten that out of it. I know, I know how much skill I bring to the table. I know how much opportunity I bring to clients. I know the gifts and I know the, the realizations and I know the shifts that I make in the audiences that I speak for. But I also know that there's so much to be received and for me to give with sharing my raw and real truth, myself, my journey, my nakedness with all of you. I actually hadn't had an episode for a little bit. I, I had gone away for two weeks, um, I went home to see my family. So in the past couple months, I had had um, a lot of changes. I had become, my body and me had become the home, the, the place of, the creator of a miracle. I had become uh, a mother. I was carrying, I was carrying twins. I was pregnant. And I was so excited just at the just at the strength at the warrior at the the fight within this body to show up for me to get through all of my illnesses to get through my baker's dozen chronic illnesses you know to work with my gastroparesis to work with my chronic intestinal suedo obstruction to have worked with my clonic inertia my esophagus disease my digestive tract paralysis every single thing going on to work through my endometriosis to then get shingles in the past, you know, month and a half, to, to be battling all these things. And my body knew how hard I was fighting on the other end to take care of it, to exercise, to eat right, which for me is, is drink right with my you know, limits. Um, but, you know, just to, to be there, to be centered, to be grounded, to do the work mentally, to do the work spiritually, to do the work energetically. I have been there. I've been showing up. And my body created this miracle. Now, I didn't get the name Happy Catastrophe by chance or by accident. But I'll admit that I actually did think the name was brilliant. 
because I, I had hoped that I've done so much work and I have so much faith and I've surrendered so many times and given over so much and I finally declared what I wanted and I finally shouted it from the rooftops. I had it pouring out of every cell of my body. I had it, you know, just coming out and every breath that I took, it was there that this is something that I wanted, that I want to be a, a parent, that I would actually take the opportunity to be a mother over I would t- over anything, over my dreams, over my desires of creating, you know, successful businesses, um, brilliant twin flame partnership, any of those things. This is something that I wanted most. And why it was challenging and why it hurt was that for a while, a while, for a long time, I just went along with what people that I was dating or with said, because it was so scary to speak into existence what I wanted, to claim and to declare what I wanted, to know my intention of what I wanted, because everything, as in a happy catastrophe, had been taken from me. And I was scared to say that I wanted something. You know, I I wanted to be an actress. I wanted a whole career touring the country, performing. I wanted all these things, and then I got them. And then I had to quit the tour, and I had to cancel my gigs, and I had to give it up because I had to come home because another organ failed, and I had to have another surgery. And then when I was home, my partner committed suicide and shot himself in the head, and I had not been making the best choices in the relationship for him to have felt loved or appreciated. And though he, the night that he made the decision to do that, we had spoken, said none of that mattered and that he just wanted me to see how beautiful I was and that I wasn't my sickness and I wasn't this bald girl that was green with no fingernails that was in septic, you know, poisoning and dying and that I was beautiful just as I was the day that he met me. Everything was tragically taken away. And so I've had this fear. If, if I say what I really want, then it could be taken from me. If someone knows that I want it and how awful that feeling was of having to give up and then surrender to and then let go of and then accept my life when I thought my whole purpose was an actress, when I thought my whole purpose was a comedian, when I thought my whole purpose was this person's partner, when I thought my, you know, and the only thing that I ever, ever, ever did without a tragic ending was work with children. And so it was, it was like this cruel, almost like this cruel thing that life would do where I won awards after awards and the Giving Tree Award for working with children and giving the most to the children in the community. I won uh, a nanny of the year award. I won all these awards from families for the best and giving the most for emotional intelligence, really helping the children find who they are to themselves, who they are to their family, who they are in the community, who they are at school, who they are to the world, and helping them bridge the gap between all of those different situations in a child's life and how they show up and all of those different things. I soared at that, and all I ever heard was, You are meant to be a mother. You are meant to be a mom. Like, what are you wasting time for? And I had that, I had that fear of declaring and saying what I wanted. 
at the same time, there was a part of me that still wanted to do a lot of things and I wanted to travel and I wanted to perform and I wanted to do things, but not in a selfish way, but because when you live with chronic illness, you have so much taken away from you. You know, I lived in the hospital. I was, I was in and out. I had surgeries. I, had, I was in the hospital for a while after surgeries. I had organs removed. I lived on tube feedings. I couldn't eliminate naturally. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't poop. So I had to always be accessible to the doctors. I had to be going in and out. I had to be at appointments. I never had freedom to do what I wanted. I feel, I feel like the way that I observed my life through my teens and my 20s was that I was handcuffed to a system. And a system, I say that because of the health insurance and then battling um, appeals and appeals and appeals, you know, and, and getting rejected for everything and, and coming back and really having to fight to be alive and fight for your life. Um, but I felt like I never actually truly lived because everything I could do was someone else saying it. You know, I also went through other medical stuff, you know, besides all my digestive tract stuff, besides all that, I had had a, a brain tumor for a while and I had to quit performing then. And I had to just work at a desk job in a cubicle. And if you know me, I have way too much creativity and, and right brain geniusness and energy and desires to be sitting at a desk job. But I had to do these things to pay for health insurance. You know, so it, it felt like it was evidence that this is true, that I'll never be free. So when I had the freedom, when I had the chance to just go, I didn't want to just settle down and do all these other things because I wanted to actually experience life on my terms. I wanted to do what I wanted to do when I said it. And it definitely has a selfish um, feel to it, but it wasn't. It was a freedom. It was... And independence. It was owning the life that I just fought for and won. You know, that they had told me I wouldn't make it. They had told me that this was the end. And I found ways around it. And I, I may not be able to get over the hurdle exactly how the hurdle looked, running straight down and jumping it. But I sure as hell found ways to get to the other side of that hurdle that may not have looked elegant or beautiful or e definitely not easy but I was dedicated to making them. I was dedicated to getting to the other side. And that's the only thing that mattered. So oh, I, I, this episode is definitely going to go on a wild ride, which I'm sure you guys expect knowing who I am and seeing the colors in Happy Catastrophe. You know that this is going to be a bold, vibrant in your face realization and just open up your heart and just be present. And that's what I'm being. So, so I had, you know, I, I found out that I had, I was carrying, I found out that I was carrying twins and they, they sadly, and I'm going to do a whole episode on it and I just don't feel ready. I don't feel ready in the way that I would offer education, value, um, I would just offer a sad story right now. And I, and I want to offer my listeners and I want to offer you guys more than that. Um, but I, but if you want, I can, I can send the link up. I did a Facebook live the day after, uh, I had a tragic surgery. Uh, no, my surgery went really well. Sorry. I had a tragic loss to my babies. I found out, um, the miracle that I was carrying, 
the beauty of life that I was creating, the function my body was actually doing right for the first time ended in a ruptured ectopic where I had twins in that implanted inside my fallopian tube and ruptured and I ignored the pain um I live with pain so I kind of just you know thought whatever and I also had been speaking to a friend who um I know means well and I know everything but I know that I'm so opposite a lot of her thinking um I believe in a perfect mixture of Western medicine and holistic. I believe that vaccines can be good. I believe, you know, I, I believe in all the holistic stuff I do. I'm, I'm Reiki too, certified now even. Like, I believe in energy, but I know that taking my colon out saved my life. And I know that all the work I was doing with everything holistically to try to beat it wasn't. And that's okay. But And I, I listened to someone who had just told me just to wait. Oh, it was probably this or it was probably that, and it would just pass. And I... Should have gone to the hospital right when I felt it because would they have been able to save it? Would I? Instead, for almost 24 hours, I had ruptured and was bleeding and had filled my uterus, my stomach, and all around my lung. I was, I was just an hour or two from death. Um, ectopic, ruptured ectopic pregnancies are the number one cause of death in pregnancy issues. And I was there. I was, you know, I was on the edge. I was definitely, definitely blessed to get through it. Definitely blessed that I, I ended up getting rushed to a hospital that had phenomenal care, but didn't feel like that. <laughs> Wished that, that as the kind of mother that I always knew I would be, and the kind of parent that I would respect and the kind of parenting that I had received is that you will do anything, anything for your children. And so I didn't want to fail them and have lost them and me get to keep on living. It was hard because the numbers, so like the, the numbers of a pregnancy for a lot of people with ectopic will start dropping just like a miscarriage. So there's a part of you that can accept, um, that it isn't a healthy pregnancy and your body's actually ridding something that shouldn't be there. And and that's, it, I really, really hope people that go through that understand that their body is doing something. It's helping them. It's what I've had to do, you know, with a lot of my illnesses and stuff is see what my body might be actually allowing me to do by ridding of something else. But with mine, my pregnancies were just getting healthier and healthier, and they were growing and growing. And they said, yeah, the, the problem is the pregnancies are so healthy that they ruptured you because there's two of them, and they were so healthy and growing so well, they just set up shop in the wrong area. What is actually supportive in that moment, you know? And so I gave it up. So I gave it up. I, I, I did that. I had to have the surgery to save my life. And, you know, and, and that was, I'll, that will be a whole nother episode and, and we will get there. And I will get there when I feel like maybe I can talk to other people and about it and <laughs> give you their, Hey, I'm this far out. I'm three months out. So I'm not in a great place to tell you that I'm in a very, very challenging space of the grieving process, which is kind of what this episode is about. So I was doing happy catastrophe. I was making the episodes. I was doing great. I love it. I'm like, 
stoked over it. I love the challenges. I love the editing, even though I have pure anxiety over the whole thing. And I don't understand technology. And I'm using a computer that I don't really know, uh, you know, except for typing on Word and social media. And I'm doing all this stuff. And then I, I went home to see my family to deal with that loss, to see them, to have support for the tragic loss of of becoming a mother and my twins and my fallopian tube, which they removed. And I learned that a lot of people aren't actually ready to talk about it. And other people don't talk about it. And I don't know if it's out of fear of what to say or out of pain because they don't want to see me hurt. But I can tell you to anyone listening, the worst pain is having someone not ask you. The worst pain is ignoring the, you know, the elephant in the room, avoiding the conversation. There's a part of me and from growing up with illness and from growing up with tube feedings and from growing up with all different stuff where when people don't do stuff, a lot of times I feel like it's because I'm a burden or I feel like it's because they have shame for it. And that and that's kind of what it felt like. So I went home and I and I even brought all my podcasting equipment. I was like, this will be awesome. I'm gonna film. I'm gonna record everyone. I'm gonna have all these awesome things. And it didn't it didn't work out that way. One of the challenges was that I tried to interview my mother about life. Life as a parent with someone with chronic illness. Now she was very nervous just to do the podcast. She's nervous to share. She is not an open person. She is a fierce lover of everyone. She is a extreme people pleaser. She is a lover of all things. She is beyond dedicated. She is beyond devoted. She is truly the most beautiful heart and soul of any human I know. But she also, whether she doesn't believe in it or she struggles with my choice to live transparent and authentic, terrifies her. It terrifies her in the way that like she would never have been a performer and been up in front of people. She also doesn't think that everyone should know everyone's business. She also is just scared to share. She's scared to share her truth. She's scared of judgment. She's scared of if she would look good or bad talking. I know there's so much going on and I know she wanted to help me. So she agreed to do the episode and I'm, I'm battling right now with, I wanted to just delete it because it didn't go how I was hoping, which is, which is funny. I, I, didn't realize I had a hope. I didn't realize I had an attachment to how I thought it would go, but I thought she could offer so much wealth of experience as a parent of someone with chronic illness and what that's like. But instead, a lot of our challenges within our family dynamic came up, and they're not challenges that actually were connected to the questions as me interviewing her could have been found. It was more like it felt more for me as there was a secret agenda and she was trying to get that through and she wasn't, we weren't able to be listening to each other and open and hearing and responding and receiving and thinking and feeling and giving. She was listening. It felt like my experience of it was that my mother's um, emotions, feelings, anxiety, fear was running the show and then just some family stuff that we have going on she wanted to uh you know she has she has these feelings there's a lot of guilt pushed on her and there's a lot of just different stuff and I have chosen to step out of some stuff because for me it's not it does not serve a purpose communicating communicating will create the opportunity for growth communicating will create the opportunity for understanding for explanation for 
just knowledge, for forgiveness, for acceptance, for everything, for validation. But there's, in this certain situation, there is a complete negate and block to the concept of communication, whether it be personally in in a private setting or whether it be with professional help. So I'm not going to go anywhere if communication can't be on the table, if there's not a choice to try to change things. If something is not working, I'm not going to continuously stay in a system that's not working. I'm still going to bring you guys that episode, and I'm trying to learn how to actually bring that episode to you, but then um, edit in little pieces of me talking about it, talking about like, why did I think that this would go this way? Or why was I hoping for that? Or why it's so hard to share the episode, because it's going to bring up a lot of stuff that I was trying not to talk about because of other people. But now it's unavoidable. And then I said, hey, this podcast is to bring the real truth. And the real truth is that everyone is perfect and wonderful and great exactly where they are and doing what they're doing. And they are doing the best they can where they're at. And that's great. And if someone isn't serving your needs that's your own stuff that this is me and then I need to do what I need to do which is protect myself I create a space of peace I create a world of love I create a space of you know growth and opportunity and for me there was too much toxicity with something so so I missed those couple weeks because now I've been trying to figure out how to edit in a new way which was with a guest which I had never done before editing a whole nother podcast (laughs) to go into that one and then the other reason why I wasn't here and this is actually a really cool opportunity for me to get real with you guys on a new level everything else that I've been vulnerable with is stuff that's like heavy on my heart that's happening to me And I'm sharing it to you and it's scary because it's what's happening that's been out of my control and it's really sad. And it's scary to show these feelings and to be this broken or be this, you know, just this like, hey, now you know what I desperately want to be a mom and I'm not. And that's hard. And then knowing everyone else that has it and, you know, I've shared that I've been jealous and I've been angry and not at the, I am truly happy for all my friends and all the people that have what I want. But there's those feelings have have surfaced and stuff, and and it's been definitely a challenging gift to receive, to see how am I showing up, what do I have to actually like confront, and what's okay to still be grieving and to just take a break from and step away from. I think there's so much you know that that we can that we can receive in all of that. Now the reason why I need to get clear with you guys is because then I just disappeared. I know there's a saying, how you do anything is how you do everything, which I, which I do truly love. And I, because I, my commitment to my life and to myself and to the world around me that I share this you know, experience of life with is to do everything with excellence, to do everything with purpose, to do everything with intention. And I didn't. What I'm realizing now is that I have to offer myself forgiveness and step into, you know, the leader role and also ask for forgiveness and clean up the mess I made. I disappeared. I asked you guys, follow me with happy catastrophe. Join me. Be with me. Trust me. Let me lead you. Let me share this experience with you. Tell me what you want and I'll give it to you. And I fell out of integrity to my commitment and my word to you. I fell out of integrity. And the reason doesn't matter because you on the receiving end only know that I disappeared. You only know that I wasn't there when I gave my word. And so for that, I apologize. And I ask for understanding and forgiveness. And I will recommit to you 
that I will be living my purpose and my commitment and my truth and my my passion and my purpose so loudly and so boldly and so fully that I won't let you guys down again. I need to really get clear with why I disappeared, which was my physical and mental health were crumbling. I didn't know that I had, I've had PTSD in the past. I've been diagnosed with it. I've dealt with a lot of stuff from it um, for many different reasons, from my illness to an attack to, you know, just all different things under the sun. With that, it has resurfaced and I wasn't aware that it had resurfaced right away. So I thought, I was judging myself. I was hating on myself. I was like, who are you to have all these skills, all this knowledge and all this wisdom about how to truly be in the moment and live and be present and you know what you told these people and you have integrity to your words, actions, and thoughts and then you're not doing it and I couldn't figure it out and I, I knew I felt out of you know, alignment to my truth but I couldn't figure out and I was having problems breathing I felt like and then I started waking up in the night feeling like I was suffocating and I couldn't breathe and I was having nightmares it was when the nightmares started coming that I realized I had more of an idea that it was PTSD resurfacing but in a whole new way I had never had panic feelings during any of my PTSD I never had panic attacks or anything like that but you know like in my nightmares just holding the twins holding the babies and looking at them and looking at like what was on the ultrasound but in a tube so I didn't get to see it how you would see it if it was in the right place and planted. And and when that happened, so for weeks I didn't have that and I just wasn't showing up. And I had an intense disconnect and fear and anxiety over letting people down and over not being enough and over the medical bills adding up. When I started having the nightmares this past week, I knew I need to get back to the podcast because this is horribly challenging and debilitatingly painful and horrific, but powerful to a listener, to know that you're not alone, to understand if you know someone going through it, how to understand them better, to know that it's okay to say, hey guys, yeah, me, transformational speaker and, you know, empowerment, self-love coach, here I am. And I am struggling hard, guys. It doesn't make me any less of a speaker. It doesn't make who I am as a coach because I can love fierce. I can be there fierce. I can hold you accountable to everyone else. But the problem was the more and more and more and more and more I became invested in everyone else and supporting everyone else. And the more I saw that some people were like, hey, your grieving's really heavy. I've noticed this tone. Like, you need to step up. You need to do something about it. You're a coach. You're a... I tried to be something which isn't where I was in my recovery, in my healing, in my grieving. I was spiraling down. I became so driven and and fear-based about letting people down that I just let everyone down because I was I think what was happening and this is where I want to apologize like I let all of you down and indirectly I got the awareness from getting shingles and you know my body being like, "Yo, this isn't working." But through all of that and letting people down, I had the ability to be like, whoa, you're out of integrity. And that is a huge, that is a, you know, that is a wake up call. That is people waving flags in front of me. When I'm out of integrity, then I'll stop. Then I'll say, whoa, that's not the person you committed to be. That's not the woman you are proud of. That is not the reason you have a life. That is not the person that you are for the world. What are you doing? Where is she? And I had people write mean messages and I didn't respond. And, you know, like, I, I don't respond to stuff like that. I don't get involved with messaging wars or things like that. If you want to talk to me, if you want to confront me, if you have a concern, if you truly know me and know my heart, you would know that these actions 
weren't from being saying one thing and living another because my truth wasn't there, but was because something was hurting me or something was so painful for me that was pulling me away from my truth. Because my truth is there. My commitment is there. My integrity is there. But something was larger than any of that. It, and it had become so big. And I remember going through therapy after I lost um, you know, my partner to suicide and telling her that I was like, I, I had gotten really crazy after, after that tragedy and that trauma. And I would like, it only lasted you know, till I told her in therapy and then a few weeks after we discussed it. But I was panicking over like, you know, did I leave the stove on? Did I leave something plugged in? Is the curling iron on? And I never had OCD and I never had anything like that before. And then after we talked about it and worked through it, I never had it again. But she said to me, when you go through a trauma and, a, and a, when you go through a tragedy or a trauma where you were completely out of control, a lot of times the human mind to protect you, it will protect you and it will do different things that are like fight or flight or that other people don't understand or other people don't agree with, but it will do something to you. And so she, when I was thinking about that situation and this, and this new trauma of my life, this new one day maybe happy catastrophe, just a catastrophe for right now, I didn't want to let other people down. I didn't want to not be able to give people what they were asking of me. That would be another way that I failed. That'll be another way that my body or my mind or my being or my, you know, my commitment failed. And, and I think I just was shutting down. I think the anxiety came so debilitating and just, you know, and just was suffocating was that if I keep, I mean, I've been hurt a million times. I've been cheated on and cheated on and I've been with a porn addict and I've lost someone to suicide and I've been in an abusive relationship. I've had tragic relationships, but I come to every one of them loving fiercely and wildly without limits and, you know, just without question. I just love them. I don't let the pain or my experiences of the past limit me or limit my love. And I just show up and do that again. And I do that with most things in life, which I think some people who don't know everything I've been through with this last, with this ectopic rupture, like, hey, turn it into something positive. You just have to shift your perspective. That's what you talk about. That's what you do. I also talk when I work with clients about honoring their feelings and honoring their emotions and honoring where they're at and not being afraid of things that are ugly, like depression and anxiety and fear and panic and all that stuff. I'm only going to get to the other side of it by acknowledging it. When I don't know what it is, then I'm out of control and I'm just existing. But when I know, when I have an awareness, oh, this is what's happening now, I've been so anxious. I've, I've stopped talking to people. I've, stopped, I've disconnected from everyone. I stopped responding to people. I stopped answering my phone. I stopped text messaging. I stopped messaging. I've stopped everything. I could not handle if I let anyone down. I couldn't handle if I came fully into their life with full intention to be there for them, but with a backpack of baggage, of grief, of losing my reproductive system. You know, I mean, trauma does drastic things to relationships and partnerships and that loss and the twins and what it means as a woman and my body failing again and all these feelings and beliefs that are, I know better than, but are real right now. You know, if I came with all of that, I have the ability to let people down because that is actually more important to me right now is to get through that. So I disconnected, I walked away, and now I know, I know the lesson from it. I get it. Whoa, huge wake up call. And the podcast is back. And now I've made the commitment that even no matter what the podcast has to look like, no matter what I look like 
recording the podcast, it needs to be done because in these moments of uncomfortableness, if I had that podcast in the middle of trying to before now that I figured out the PTSD and, you know, and the panic part and, and that association from like when you have so much happening to you that's tragic, that's out of your control, you try to control what you can. So I was trying to micromanage my body, my mind, uh, fight or flight was trying to micromanage what it could, which was just stay in this small space and try to keep your body going. I ended up getting shingles. I was having more problems. Um, I wasn't, you know, absorbing my nutrients the right way. I wasn't going to the bathroom. My medicines weren't working. I just shut down and zeroed in and said, Katie, for you to be the woman that you know you are, for you to be the gift to this world, for you to be the global game changer, you need to be alive and you need to be healthy. So do what you need to do. Forgive yourself. And then you can go out there and clean up your integrity. You can go out there and explain. None of that matters. None of this matters to a lot of people. They're going to just be mad or have walked away or I've lost a friendship or that relationship had, uh, you know, had served its time and we can get from it what we can get from it. Or I'll have people who will listen and have compassion and understand and come back to me and be able to offer forgiveness or understanding, you know, maybe even a shared experience of the same. And we're not going to ever get that if someone doesn't boldly step out and say, hey, I messed up, which is what I'm doing. I am apologizing to you. I am cleaning up the mess that I just created over a couple of weeks. I'm cleaning up my mess to my commitment to those who invested in me with the equipment and the belief and the, the belief in happy catastrophe for not being there. Here I am. I can do it. Watch me. I'm here. If you want to actually know the truth, what I look like right now, I usually record this at my recording little like corner of the room, you know, in a little studio makeshift that I made. I am wearing a tutu to make myself smile because I've been struggling with emotional health. I am wearing a tutu with a heating pad over my belly and laying in bed. That's where this is coming from. But that's where I needed to be and that's okay. I don't need to just be... Like, I, I wanted to feel healthy before. I was like, no, I need to feel good to do the podcast. If I don't feel good or my brain's not functioning well or I'm all over the place, then it won't. I can come up with a million excuses, but the whole point of happy catastrophe is to choose to have a message, to choose to find purpose in the mess, to make a masterpiece of the mess, to choose not necessarily happiness. I don't have to necessarily be like wildly happy about what went on and that I lost all of this, but I'm choosing a positive spin. I am choosing this moment to use my pain and to use my jealousy of other people who are parenting and to lose my, uh, use my fear that I might not find someone or with half of the reproductive system that I might not be able to or my concerns about money for IVF or I'm going to use those to put a message out there of hope and faith. I'm going to say, oh, here you are, fear. Here you are, judgment. I see you. I know you were probably trying to protect me. And I appreciate that. But when I got real with it, I realized you're limiting me. My relationship to you isn't healthy. And there's people out there hurting that I'm not able to access. I now have a whole new slew of people I can reach. Infertility, ectopic loss, pain, um, you know, more women, just all this other stuff that I can reach because of my experience. I don't want someone to tell me. If, if I have one more person who is a parent already tell me, like, oh, well, just, you know, it's if it's meant, it, was, it wasn't meant to be then, you know, like maybe just find something else to be passionate about. You know, the parent thing didn't work out. This is one time I am not going to give up. 
I'm not here living. I didn't make it through terminal parts of my illness because I accepted someone's word. I'm here because I was committed to delivering a message to this world. And until I reach everyone that I intend to, I'm not going anywhere. And until I become a mother, however the journey looks or whatever it takes to get there, I am not giving up. And you have my word on that. So here I am. I've apologized. I've, I've given an explanation, which you don't even need to listen to because the story doesn't matter. But I've promised and I've stated that I'm what I am recommitting to, to you guys. I will be doing it by holding myself accountable. I will be doing it by putting my health first. And no matter what my days look like, I am going to have them structured. I am working every single night on really writing out my day and structuring out my day and what it looks like and what I will be getting done. And I'm doing it because my desire to deliver a message is greater than my willingness to listen to my anxiety and my fear. And I'm also can promise you that the grieving is going to continue, that I'm not through it, that I'm not over it, but I'm going to speak out on it and speak up about it so that people who have infant loss or this or that don't feel like that there's there's a time when you have to stop talking about it because no one wants to hear about it anymore because it's too heavy. The people who have been the harshest have been mothers. And that's crazy to me. I will never speak out in a judgmental way to someone about something I haven't experienced because I don't know. But I've experienced a shit ton. And for that, I will be fully, fully vocal and and committed to and loud about. And for everything else, I will push you and support you and get you to a life you are wildly in love with and passionate about and values that you believe in, that you are living them every day. And integrity is what runs through your blood and, you know, like in your veins that you are an integrity filled being. I'll get you there. I can do all of that, but I'm going to be able to do it for you even more and in a healthier way because I'm taking care of me first and because I took this time for me. I just need to admit that and say where I'm at when I'm when I'm there and I didn't. And so there's my forgiveness. There's how I'm going to restore my integrity. And here's my declaration that I am a committed woman and leader to deliver the message of self-love and self-respect and perseverance and courage and empowerment to every single being that I can reach in my time on this earth. Happy catastrophe maybe missed a couple weeks, but I can tell you that this message and this episode I am so passionate about because I feel like it was full with every freaking lesson that I learned by what came up by not being here. I played small. I hid. I stopped responding. I did that to take care of my health, but coming back out now having to reach out to 400 messages on Facebook because I avoided them all for my health, a positive choice, but now I have to go back and I have to restore integrity with everyone. And there is a part of your ego that's like, oh, this is so uncomfortable and this sucks because not everyone's going to receive it. Not everyone's going to understand because they don't know chronic illness, because they don't know PTSD, because they don't know my experience with my toolbox of skills. And, and I even have an infinite amount of skills and emotional intelligence and, you know, empowerment and self-love and the journey and leadership and all of this stuff. And I still am struggling. And that's okay. It is okay to be where we're at. And I want us all to let go of the shame for being there, for thinking something is wrong with us. There is nothing wrong with us. We're perfect where we're at. If you think you can get better, look at the reasons why you want to get better. I want to get in better shape, not because I just want to look good. 
but because it helps my body. It will help my mind get through the grieving. It helps my body. It helps things get absorbed better. It helps my body have fluid. I feel stronger. I feel more grounded. I feel centered. Okay, that's an awesome reason to do it. Step into that. Step into that action. You know, commit to that. Get there. And that's that's what I want to do. So now my next steps are, you know, reaching out and apologizing and, you know, getting real with people and being like, yeah, this is what I'm going through. And it's and it's ugly and it's messy. And man, is it isolating and scary, you know, filled with the unknown, which obviously is not stuff that I'm doing well with and tragedy and, you know, and just all this different stuff. But I'm showing up for it. And I needed to sh- I needed to regain my, my strength. I needed to refuel. And I didn't need to give an explanation to anyone. I just wanted to because of the people pleaser in me. But like me taking the time to do what I needed to do is fine. And I'm glad that I did it. And I'm proud of myself. And I'm just so happy. I'm just so happy that I have the podcast. I'm so happy I have all these new episodes to edit and, and people. And, I'm, and I realize that when, I'm, when, I'm the sm- when I feel the smallest in life and when I feel like I'm giving the least impact and when I feel like it doesn't matter if I'm around or not is when I'm not living into my potential, when I'm not living my truth, when I'm not honoring my gifts, when I'm not living in alignment, when I shut down because I'm afraid of upsetting you guys with my sadness or my fear or my anxieties, that's when I am my worst. But when I just speak my truth, whether or not you can handle it is when I feel like I could soar. And I am on top of the world because I am living for a reason. What I fought for in this life, I'm getting. You know, the ability to make change, the ability to create possibilities, the ability to give someone back their hope. So that's who I am. And that's what's going on. And that's who I'll be from here forward. So happy catastrophe. Wow. How crazy and how fitting it ended up being that that is my podcast title and that an unknown grieving process I had never taken on before, thinking I knew grieving because of, you know, other major losses. I am living, I am living, living, living a happy catastrophe. I have you guys. I have love. I am not actually afraid of losing, you know, people or relationships or energy suckers or selfish or just just inauthentic people. I'm afraid of leaving this earth without my purpose being fulfilled. So I'm back. I'm back, baby. And I'm here to deliver. Thank you so much for listening to Happy Catastrophe this week. If you love it, share it, subscribe it, rate and review. If you want, I will try to um, put the Facebook Live when I did the Facebook Live announcement of my ectopic uh, you know, it's a 24-minute story of what I went through and the the chaos and the brokenness. And it's a day after the surgery and stuff. So it's really, really hard if you don't like emotions to be part of. But I'll include it somewhere for you guys to check out if you want to. Reach out to me. I love you. I am so proud to share and be alive to share these experiences with you. Step out of your comfort zone. If you are struggling with someone speak it out there and receive the abundance of love and support we are never alone we don't need to be shamed and just keep on trucking may your life be a happy catastrophe i love you so much i will talk to you soon and have a wonderful day thank you so much for listening to this week's happy catastrophe Please continue to support the podcast by rating, reviewing, and subscribing on iTunes. You can also follow us at happycatastrophe.com. And if you want to stay in touch with me, you can find me at katielasky.com or katielovebomb on Instagram. Thank you so much to Andy Erickson for producing and the website design. 
And thank you so much to her husband, Alex Stein, for producing, audio engineering, and creating the intro and outro song. Thank you, love you, and a happy catastrophe to you all. Peace, till next time. Mm-hmm.